0: Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, so much for your goodness and everything that you're doing in our life. And God, everything that's brought us here to this point, this morning, you woke us up. So today, God, would you speak to us? Would you reveal the truth in your word? Would you illuminate the scriptures? God, would you bring conviction and challenge? But God, also blessing and encouragement. God, help us, Father. Help us to persevere. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Amen. Well... To get started, um, let me ask you this question: How many of you have experienced, maybe as a child or a parent, uh, discipline that was done correctly and it helped better yourself or someone else? You know, because discipline could be done in a wrong way. But how many have done it in a right way or been disciplined yourself and been okay? Maybe you're here and you turned out okay. Anybody? <laughs> I like to think while I still got a whole lot of things in my life that I need to work on, I turned out okay. And and I I say that to say say this, because you're thinking, oh my gosh, what are we going to talk about today, Pastor? (laughs) Today we're going to talk about a topic that is a big deal to God. It's something that really matters to him. And you know how you feel a certain way about a topic? Uh, you feel a way about this, you feel a way about that, and you, you feel a certain way. This uh, God feels a certain way about this. And this is one topic that I believe really touches the heart of God. In fact, he connects it with the greatest commandment. Um, and so as we dive into this, I just simply want to ask you this. Would you open your heart? Would, would, you, would you open your mind? Would, would you make yourself available? Just as we talked about last week, would you let it sink In what we're about to talk in. Let the Word of God speak to you today. And so last week we finished James chapter 1. Today we get into James chapter 2. And beginning in verses 1 through 13. Again, you can follow along on the screen or uh, in the message notes on the app or just listen. But it says this. My brothers, show no partiality. Someone say partiality. And that is the topic of what we're going to talk about today. And You might see it there on the heading. But my brother, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Now I want to pause there for a moment. As, as you hold the faith, as you hold the faith, the faith of what? That Jesus is who he says he is. You hold the faith that Jesus died on a cross, was raised three days later to pay the price for our sins. You hold to the faith. That when I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that I am saved. That I have received eternal life. That I can walk with God. That I can enter into a relationship with him. And one day I will be in heaven. And one day Jesus will return back. I hold to the faith. Okay, okay. My brothers and sisters, show no partiality as you hold The faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Verse 2. For if a man wearing a gold ring... Now, he begins to give us this illustration in this story, okay? This is what James is speaking here to the church. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, comes into your church, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears fine clothing and say, you sit here in the good place, while you say to the poor man, You stand over there, or you sit at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Are not the rich the ones who oppress you and the ones who drag you into court? Are they not the ones who blaspheme the honorable name by which you are, were called? If you really fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself you are doing well. Verse 9. But if you show partiality, there it is again. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I should get something here. James is speaking to the church. He's writing this letter, and it wasn't just for one particular church. He wrote this 2,000 years ago for the whole church, and it still speaks to us today. And James is really, he's just laying it out. And in verse 1, he says, show no partiality. And we're going to get into the, the rich and the poor part in just a minute. But I want you to take this, this, this idea, this word, no partiality here for a moment. You know what he's saying? He's saying don't show favoritism. He's saying don't, 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 don't be prejudiced. You know, partiality is literally this combination of acceptance and judgment. I'm going to have this negative judgment of that. And what God is saying to us this morning is don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that, especially in the house of God. And I want you to do something here for me a moment. Would you take a moment and just kind of look around, look all the way around, not just the people next to you, not just, but would you look all the way across? Would you take a moment and make your head turn, you know, your neck move, and would you, would, would you look around? Okay, now I'm going to ask you to do this. We're going to read John chapter 13, verse 35. And on the count of three, I want us to read it together out loud, okay? We got that? We got it? Testing one, two. Mic, check. Right. Mic, check. Ernesto. We got it? Please. Next slide, please. Next. Thank you. On the count of three. One, two, and three. Your love for one another proved to the world my disciples. I want, you, I want you to get that. He, he said don't show any partiality. He said that your love for each other we are prove to the world that you're my disciples. Now, again, one more time, would you look around the room? Find eye contact with somebody else. Meet, meet somebody with eyes, okay? Just, just connect with somebody here for a moment. Okay. He's saying the way we treat each other. And he's saying this. Treat each other good. Treat each other good. Go out of your way for each other. Celebrate with each other. Mourn with each other. Serve Christ with each other. And when one of you is struggling in your faith and, 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 and you're going through it, come and lift that person up. Don't just look at that person and say, Oh, <laughs> you messed up, huh? Or don't just come, you know, I go to church for me. I just got to get me and do me, and it, it's, about, it's about me. I got to improve me and, and that. But you're watching your brother struggling in life, and they're dealing with this thing, or your sister, and she's just going through it, and you're not doing anything. Help each other. Serve each other. Love each other. Don't, don't look at your neighbor and say, I'm going I'm to judge them for what they're going through. No! Treat each other good. And he's talking to the church. Treat each other good. Let me ask you this, and I want you to be honest as possible. Maybe this is a moment for self-reflection. Let me ask you this. How easy is it to make a quick judgment about someone? Right, just to see them, see them, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy, right? To put them in a category or to assume something about them, or to judge them. You know what that does as soon as you put them in that category as soon as you see them and think that thing about them it will eventually lead you to treating them a certain way and church you might think this is not a, i'm not even like that but in our flesh this happens too often and james is saying this and this is what god is leading him to say look at look at not in the church no treat each other good god's like no not in my church i don't think so don't show partiality i have this slide and he gives us this example of the rich person and the poor person. And, and, and it's really this, and you know, here, here's the poor person that says, hey, come come here and and sit at my feet. And so the idea behind that in the context of the passage there, if you if he asks you to come sit at your feet, that's where the servants sat. You know, that, that wasn't necessarily the good seat to be right there at the feet. But that's how human perspective, sometimes when we see somebody, we judge somebody too quickly. And this is not a rich or a poor thing, and that's the context of the illustration. But this could be anybody that maybe looks different than you or, or dresses different than you or has hair and you don't have hair. Or they don't got hair, you got hair. It doesn't matter, anybody. But how does God see them? God sees that person that we're quick to judge as an heir to the kingdom of God. God sees that person as rich in faith. The ability to seek God and draw closer to God. Don't, don't treat them that way. This is the rich person. We, we, we bring them, come, come have the, the best seat. And the poor person, ah, oh, you can stand over there. And just so there's clarity, uh, there are no bad seats in here. All, right? all your seats are good. All right? all right, Amen. But ultimately what he's saying is, church, this is an area for us to grow. This is an area for us to develop. That we could treat people better and love them. Now, James mentions two things to make sure that we don't fall into partiality. Two things, and the very first thing is this. Um, don't forget the real law of love. Don't forget the royal law of love. Now, there is a royal law, and it's also known as the Great Commandments and the second part of it, really. And in James chapter 2, verse 8, it says, it says this. If... Uh, It says, uh, there, there it is. If you really fulfill the royal law, someone say royal law. royal law. According to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then it pauses there. If you're, if you're doing that, you're doing well. If you're loving your neighbor as yourself, then, then you're doing good. You're, you're doing the right things. You're on the right track. If you can love your neighbor a- a- as yourself. And then it says this. Uh, you, you're doing well, oh, no, that's perfect. Then Jesus, on another occasion, in Matthew 22, he's being trapped by the Pharisees, and he's being cornered, and he responds to the Pharisees by, by saying this. He says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your minds. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Heart, soul, mind. Heart, soul, and mind. Heart, soul, and mind. And verse 38, this is the first and greatest commandment, and then he says something guys that I really I want you to get in verse 39 and the second is equally important now before I read anything else he says the second is equally important okay I'm gonna love the Lord my God with all my heart my soul and my mind and what I'm gonna say next he says is equally as important to love your neighbor as yourself so the way that I treat people the way that, that I express myself to people, well, that's a co-worker, that's my spouse, that's my home, that's my family, that's my loved ones, that's my job, that's my boss. There's that person that they just, it seems like a little bit annoying. There's, there's, there's that situation in our life. He says, the way you, uh, the, I, I love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and my mind. And the second thing is equally as important, the way you treat people, including that person in the drive-thru that messed up your order. Your coffee didn't come out of the way. You thought you little mocha. I, I'll drink coffee. But he's saying that you would treat them that way. And that is equally as important. That's such a big deal. Church, have we done this? Do we do this? Do we love our neighbor as ourself? I want to say this. Don't be in competition with them. Don't don't think of yourself better than them. Don't think of them as better than yourself. And don't look at them with distaste. Let me illustrate it for you this way. Say you're preparing to go into a new place, and uh, you know, you're you you're in line. There's somebody in front of you, and the people in front of you, they're getting treated really well. They're, like, they're like being treated really well, and you're finally at a place where you're thinking to yourself, oh, I've been waiting to go to a place where they treat me well, like where they care about me, where they consider my needs, where they, where they welcome me, they love me, and you see it happening to the people in front of you, and you're like, wow, I've been waiting for this. And you're thinking, man, this is going to be a good experience. This is going to be good. And, and, and then they kind of move on, now you're next in line and you're there, and all of a sudden you don't get treated that same way. And, and you're thinking, is, is it me? Is it them? What happened? I saw how other people got treated, but why didn't I get treated that way? Maybe a discrimination, maybe whatever it is. I don't know if you've ever felt some type of way, but I, I felt that way before. Where it's, it's this feeling that doesn't feel good. It's this feeling that, that, that hurts in some type of ways. And when God asks us to love our neighbor and says that it's equally as important as loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, he's saying, you may not think this is a big deal, but this is a really, really big deal. I want to say this, especially for us as our vision here at Mosaic, our vision to be multi-ethnic and multi-generational. I want to say this about our church, us, right here, us. This church is for everyone who says they need Jesus. It doesn't matter their background, what they've been through, what, they, what they're feeling. This is a church that if you need Jesus, then this is the place. It doesn't matter your socioeconomic background. It, 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 doesn't, it doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your job status. It does not matter your sin background and what you were dealing with and what you were struggling with. And, and, and maybe you're still struggling with it right now. But if you're on this journey and say listen I'm here for Jesus and I'm trying to grow in my faith, then this is that place for you. See, we don't want to have a church that's gossiping or saying things about each other. Oh, oh, oh that brother, he's 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 an alcoholic and he drinks. Oh, mm, that brother, mm, he still struggles. Oh no, oh no. Or that sister, oh that mm, See that sister? Mm, that girl, girl, you see her? Mm. She had five husbands. What is she doing in church? No, maybe they're both on the journey to drawing closer to Jesus. Because that, that's what it's about. Come on, church. No matter where you've been, what your background, if you're at this place and you've received God for your life, then leave that alone. Don't look at someone and judge them, whatever the journey they're on. Help them. Love them. Listen, they need Jesus the way you need Jesus, the way I need Jesus. They need forgiveness the way that I need forgiveness, the way you need forgiveness. They need healing the way you need healing, and I need healing. Are you following me this morning, church? Do not forget the royal law of love. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 15, it says this. Do not pervert justice. Do not show partiality, there that word is again, to the poor or favoritism to the great, but judge everyone, judge your neighbor fairly. Someone say fairly. What is that? That's the whole quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. You know what else that is? That's also quick to forgive, quick to love quick to come alongside someone that's quick to to, i'm gonna speak life into someone i'm just gonna go and say an encouraging word because i because i know as i because i know church that sometimes it feels really good when someone says something nice to you isn't it someone smiles at you when someone gives you a hug when somebody notices something about you church it, it feels good right there's so much that's within your power, within your ability to change someone else's life, to strengthen what God, see, this is, see, look around. These, these are the people that God has called us to do life with, to grow in our faith with. And I know that sometimes in the midst of meeting someone new, you're not thinking of love your neighbor as yourself. That's not, hey, and I'm thinking, I love my neighbor as yourself. And, and for whatever reason, maybe that's what it's been. But this is an opportunity for us as a church to grow, to mature, to develop further, to persevere against maybe our our flesh. It's working. In Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says this. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. And that's the truth. If you've accepted Jesus in your life, you've confessed with your mouth, you believe in your heart, You're not a slave to sin. And maybe there's an area of something you're still dealing with. Hey, but you don't have to be a slave to that. There's, there's, You can overcome through the blood of Jesus, through the power of of the Holy Spirit. And we have every opportunity to battle in order to love our neighbor the way God asks us to. I said there was two things to make sure that we don't fall into partiality. The first is do not forget this royal law of love, to love your neighbor as yourself. And secondly, it's this. Consider the mercy you want extended to yourself. Think about that, church. Consider the mercy you want extended to yourself. And I know that hits home because that's, that's a big deal there. Consider the mercy you want extended to yourself. Now, mercy is powerful, it's a powerful thing. Someone say mercy. mercy. Now, you probably may have heard of it in wrestling terms. I had this slide, a we'll quick slide. Yeah. Anybody did any wrestling, high school, uh, any time wrestling? No? First serve, we had a couple wrestlers. Josh, you were on the wrestling team. We saw you. No, he was not. <laughs> but someone who is losing, they would say mercy to the other person so that they let them go. Or the person who has your life in their hands, they let you go because you say the words mercy. Mercy is powerful. And I want to say this. If you are in Christ, then you know mercy because mercy has been extended over your life. If you're you're in Christ, you know about mercy. You've been given mercy. Even when, you you know, the truth is you you didn't deserve that. You've, You've been given mercy. You've experienced it. And I'll tell you this. Mercy has changed my life because in this flesh, I know what I deserve. But by the grace of God, his mercy has been given to me, So in Christ, I'm blessed. In 1 John 1, verse 9, it says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That this is the mercy of God at work in our lives. Everything we've done wrong, he forgives, he purifies us. Everything we deserve is removed from us. And in verse 12 of James chapter 2, it says this, so speak and so act as those who are being judged under the law of liberty. What's liberty? Freedom. The law of liberty is freedom, freedom to obey Christ, freedom from sin through the gospel, meaning I speak and I act towards others under this freedom from the sin that's been given me. Listen, and then in verse 13, he continues on, and he, say, he says this, for judgment is, is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And church, in other words, if you don't show mercy to others, it won't be shown to you. I'm gonna say that again. If you don't show mercy to others, it won't be shown to you. I have this slide. Can you click the slide there? Here you are, struggling, asking for mercy. And here's judgment. Judgment. And I don't know if you felt judgment, but it could be like a crashing wave over your life. And, of course, the USS Mercy is on its way to come and save you because you're crying out for mercy. But if you've ever been at this place, come on, somebody. And you know what's coming. And you know what you deserve. And you know the feeling. See, God wants to show us mercy the same way. God wants us to show mercy to others the same way it's been given to us. Because God could be like, look at them. They're trying to draw closer to me. Look how messed up their life. Look at all the wrong things they've done. And they want me to give them mercy. they got to be kidding. But that's not how God is. And I don't care where that idea came from in society and culture. That's not who he is. His arms are open and available. His mercy covers us. And in Matthew chapter 5 and in verse 7, it says this Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. See, you're blessed when you show mercy to others. You can count on it being extended to you because you've shown it to others, and maybe that's your coworker, maybe that's your sibling, maybe that's a family, maybe that's your spouse, maybe it's somebody at your job, maybe it's somebody that you've just encountered, but if you're willing to show mercy, it will be extended to your own life as well. In Matthew chapter six verse 15, it says this, "But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Forgive them. Forgive them. And as I was preparing this message, guys, and, and, and God was speaking to me and I was preparing to speak to you, God led me to this place of forgiveness. And that wasn't exactly the topic, but that's the way that we're going to close today is with this idea. Because maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive. Maybe there's somebody in your life who's done you wrong. But God wants to bring healing in your life and it will happen when you're able to forgive them. What's going to happen is that you will receive the fullness of forgiveness in your life, and and you're going to begin to find healing and get past that hurt and that pain that it seems like is still lingering in your life. I want to encourage you, forgive. Forgive. Show mercy. Forgive. Forgive them. Forgive them. I want to close with this. Uh, uh, David, can you join me? Jesus is with all of his disciples. And Peter, you know, Peter comes up to Jesus and he always gets questions and things he wants to say. And he comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? How many times, Jesus? Jesus. Up to to seven times, Jesus. Would I do it seven times? Would I forgive somebody that many times? And then Jesus begins to tell him the story. And he begins to tell him this, tell him the story about this, this master, this ruler who had all these servants. And one of the servants, he owed the master a ton, a lot, like a lot. And he calls him up and says, Listen, can you pay? God can't pay at all. There's no way he can pay this amount that's owed to the master. None. So the master says, okay, i got to figure a way to cancel this debt. i got to figure a way to pay the debt. Okay, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to sell you, your wife, and your kids into slavery. I'm going to have that money. That's going to help me pay the debt. That's what I'm going to do. I, I, I have to. That's the only way. You can't pay, so I'm, I'm going I'm to sell you into slavery. The guy's like, oh my gosh, what? my wife, my kids. And what he does next is this, is he begins to beg for mercy. Church, I don't know if you've been there before. Mercy. I, I know that what I did, I know I earned, I deserve all of that, but mercy over my life. Forgiveness over my life. Forgive me. I did it and I did it again. And I know what I deserve because of it. But would you forgive me? Mercy. Mercy, God. Mercy. God, I thought it. I did it. I participated in it. God, mercy. Mercy. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And he begins to, to, to beg the king, the master, for, for mercy. And, and he looks at it. I'm about to sell you guys into slavery to cancel your debt, but you're asking me for mercy. He says, you know what? Okay, I'm not going to sell you into slavery. He says, you know what? I'm just going to cancel all of your debts. You're, you're debt free. Whatever it is that you owe me, slate wiped clean. You're done. You're good. And I can imagine that powerful moment as these people who owe everything, and they and the master says, You're forgiven. And you Imagine the emotions and the feelings, and you know what I'm talking about. If mercy has been extended over your life, then you know what I'm talking about. And it's such a beautiful moment. It's a moment of celebration. It's a moment of, wow, this is th- wow, it really ha- I never thought that would happen to me in a million years. But it happens. What does it do? The servant gets up and he goes and and he finds one of his other fellow servants and, and he says, Oh my God, you owe me some money. What are you doing? And he takes that person and has him thrown in jail. The master finds out I just showed you all this mercy. And now, this guy who owes you way less than what you owed me, and you have him thrown in jail? You wicked servant? That's what he says. He called us in, you wicked servant. He said, I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? See, God's looking us to this place of treating others the way that should be, that if you want mercy extended to your own life, you should show mercy to others but in particular i know because the holy spirit led me to this place to close with this area of forgiveness that there are some people here today you're still dealing with some things and there's some people that you have not forgiven but god is leading you to this place he's saying forgive them forgive them i forgive you i i'm i'm all the kind of dirt and stuff you've done in your life i'm forgive i'm wiping it clean but you got to forgive them church are you following me this morning here's the challenge two things two things Here's my challenge. The first thing is this. Search your heart and ask yourself if you have treated somebody unfairly. Just think about that. Think, is there anyone that you've treated unfairly? Second thing is this. This week, be intentional about loving your neighbor as yourself. Show mercy and forgive. Show mercy and forgive. Let it sink in as i was talking about as we started let it apply to your life let's take a moment to pray heavenly father we thank you for your word and god you're bringing us to this place of showing no partiality god of treating others fairly and not some quick judgment god would you bring healing in us god maybe there's some other people that have wronged us god but before we even get to that god would you help us to deal with the unforgiveness that we have in our hearts towards others, Lord. Help us to forgive. Help us, God, to live by the royal law of loving your neighbor as yourself and to extend mercy the way that we want mercy extended to us. God, there's something that you're doing in us as a body, as a church, wanting to grow us and develop us and mature us and helping us to persevere. God, I thank you for my brothers and sisters today. Minister to them strengthen them. Strengthen me. Minister to me, God. Have your way. God, bring healing in us and may we be stronger for it. May we be stronger for it. Maybe you're here today, nobody looking around and you're hearing all this talk about mercy and forgiveness and you're saying, listen, the truth is I haven't been walking right with God, but I need God to forgive me. I need that mercy over my life. Now that's you, nobody looking around, you say, that's me, and I just quickly just put your hand up. Thank you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Heavenly Father, thank you for what you've done for us. Now help us, God, to begin to walk it out. I pray for the person today that just said, you know what, I need that forgiveness. God, would you forgive them for their sins, for every wrong thing they've done, would you feel their heart, God? Would you bless them, strengthen them, encourage them? And they would they feel your arms of love wrapped around them? Would they have peace and security, Lord? And God, would they receive the gift of eternal life in you, Christ Jesus? So, Father, bless your house, strengthen your church. And God, help us to love, forgive, and to show mercy. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen.